0: a will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. I am delighted today to have Jane Thompson on the show. Jane had a profound near-death experience in 2008 while in the emergency room. She was taken to the hospital with a sudden illness early one morning, and by that afternoon, the illness had progressed rapidly. Leaving her body, entering the light, and being in spirit form changed her life dramatically. Prior to her near-death experience, Jane did not have any of the traits or sensitivities associated with being a medium, psychic, or an empath. All of these came on suddenly, and it was a shock for her. The process of integrating these after effects of her near-death experience was very difficult. Having overcome these challenges, she knew it was very impo- a very important part of her life's path to compassionately help others with understanding and integrating their own spiritual gifts and sensitivities. Jane's focus is now on helping and healing others. She serves an intuitive healer, psychic medium, and spiritual gifts coach for adults and children. Jane consults with others from around the world who have felt challenged to cope with the many challenges associated with being spiritually gifted, and the joys and challenges of raising a child with heightened sensitivities and spiritual gifts. Welcome to the program, Jane.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I'm happy to be here. Yes, well, I'm very excited that I know this month you're focusing on um, the healing practice of um, understanding and helping spiritually gifted children. So can you tell us about
1: how you um, how you started this work and started working with kids? Initially, the work began with adults. Um, I was helping adults who had been through experiences similar to mine, where spiritual gifts had come on suddenly for them, and they were trying to make sense of that and integrate it into their lives and then it evolved into working with children. Um, The adults that I was working with, they were noticing these traits in their children as well and so they started asking questions of what we could do to make this more comfortable for the kids and for the families and then after I had my daughter, after I became a mom, I noticed I was hearing more and more from parents. I think becoming a mom helped me to understand how to talk and relate to children better. And so more kids started showing up that were needing this type of help. Right. And,
0: and what do you mean when you say, um, Will you talk about the traits that, that were, are seen in these adults and these children?
1: It varies from person to person and especially with kids, it's because they are changing so rapidly. These traits can change very rapidly as well. Um, But in general, people who have spiritual gifts or heightened spiritual gifts are highly sensitive to the people around them, to the energies and environment around them. They are highly intuitive Sometimes they can predict future events very accurately. Um, A lot of times they are mediums where they will be able to see um, disembodied souls or spirits who have passed over. Wow. There's a lot and it's a big range, but the really common thread is this heightened sensitivity Mm -hmm. to everything that's going on around you.
0: And do you agree that there's you're seeing more and more of that with the children coming into the world today?
1: More and more kids are coming in like this. And um, it's a good thing because we need a lot of love and a lot of light. And so these children that are coming in with these gifts, they're coming in more sensitized and they're mm-hmm. coming in in greater numbers and they're unique and they're highly evolved souls and we really need them right now. Yes.
0: Yes. I'm I'm doing an interview with um PMH Atwater soon on she calls the children of the fifth dimension and I'm um, talking exactly what you're saying and and it's been predicted centuries ago that there would there would be this onset of these light beings coming into the world and so I think it's a little bit about it's a lot of about what you're saying about they seem to be coming in a lot of them for a very important reason.
1: Yes, we need them right now. And sadly they are oftentimes less and less these days, but oftentimes they can be so misunderstood that they will be diagnosed with ADD or ADHD or learning disabilities. So it's really important for us to get to know and to understand and help these kids and help their caregivers. Right, right. So just to, just to back up
0: um, a second, Jane, can you um, talk a little bit about how you changed after your NDE? Because I know you weren't really involved in any sort of spiritual you know, practice, if you will. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about that and, and what exactly, how you've
1: changed? Okay. Um, Prior to my near death experience, spirituality was not a part of my world or my day to day life. And when I was 34, I was in the hospital, I had a kidney stone that got lodged in my ureter, and I went into septic shock. And that's when I left my body and I was fully in spirit form and crossed over into the light. And then when I I was told to come back, that I had to go back. And when I re-entered my body, I instantly had all of these openings and all of these awarenesses that I had never experienced in Mm -hmm. the 34 years prior to this. So it all happened all of a sudden. Um, Before this, I was a real estate agent for several years. And so I was very, very much into the business world and work. And I was very... Ego and money focused, and after my NDE, I, I was just a completely different person. Yeah, wow.
0: And did it, did you jump right into helping others right away, or how did that kind of evolve? After I know in the bio it said it took you
1: a while to integrate the, these experiences it did take me a while and i was very resistant at first and i yeah. didn't understand what was going on and i felt like i was really going crazy to be honest right. and i've heard
0: that before
1: yeah it's um it's shocking and you feel like the rug got pulled out from under you and i tried to talk to a couple of people that were close to me and this new information was not well received and so mm-hmm. I really went inward and became a complete hermit. I didn't enjoy going out. It was overwhelming for me to go out because of these new sensitivities. And I really stayed inside for a couple of years, yeah. I to the point where I would have my groceries delivered. Um, and then I got to the point that, so that wasn't right around the age of 36. And I got to the point where I realized, I've got another half of my life left. Yes. I can't live indoors. This just is not <laughs> going to work. Right. And so I started researching and I started learning about near death experiences and how it opens up pathways in your brain right. and it really does have a physical effect on your brain and right. parts of your brain become um open that weren't being tapped into before. And so doing that research part and understanding it intellectually first helped me to figure out what the next steps were to integrate it into my life so it didn't feel like a burden. And then the next natural step after that was, okay, now how can i help other people
0: right right that's that's a beautiful story and you're right when you start researching it and how comforting it was for you to hear other people's stories and be able to re- relate to them so anyway so tell us about your your energy healing work with
1: with children especially I do energy healing work. um, If I had to sum it up, it's any, you know, every emotion that we experience, every interaction that we have, every thought that we have has this energetic charge to it. Mm -hmm. And we either keep it inside and it builds, or we release it. And the majority of us, we just keep it inside. So it can become stagnant we can have blocks um, and it holds us back and keeps us from reaching our full potential so with the energy work I help to heal and release what's stuck and fill it back in with that white light that I encountered on the other side with that Mm -hmm. replenishment and healing and love and joy all of that really good high vibrational energy and kids don't need the release in the same way adults need. They haven't been through many of the traumas that we have been, depending on how their lives have been. Um, with kids, it's more about integrating these energies right. and keeping them in that really heightened state that they come into the world and they come straight from the light. And so when they come into their bodies, it's almost like they have one foot in their body and one foot still in the light. And so it's to help to keep them clear. So the world doesn't get them down in a lot of the ways that it can pile up on us um, as adults.
0: Well, how wonderful that these, these parents have found you because so many times it's just dismissed or, looked at as being fantasy or, or, you know, just kind of a crazy um, child just saying some crazy things. So thank goodness, you know, they have someone like you. So we talked a little bit about you were giving me an example that parents will come in, you know, a little bit distressed because they don't know, really know what's going on. So can you just give us an example of one of your clients?
1: sure and first i want to say with the majority of parents it does start off where they think oh my child has a really vivid imagination right and because kids do have vivid imaginations (laughs) yes. and so um brushing it to the side or even Being in denial about it sometimes is very common for parents initially, but then it keeps playing itself out and it keeps growing and becoming more and more real and they need the help because as parents today, if you have a child that's a picky eater, it is really easy to get online and just plug that in as your search and you get a million things that come up of how you can parent a child who's a picky eater. When you have a child that is talking with dead people, that's not something that's been addressed very much. And mm. I would almost be afraid to do a Google search on that because of what might come up. Right. So I had these parents coming to me looking for a resource and looking for sane and um, simple and effective tools to use to help their children. and. Um, so when they come to me, oftentimes it's in a state of distress, but the amazing thing with kids is sometimes if, you know, they're saying that they see a man in a room that no one else sees, I'll just tell that parent or, or I'll tell that child, just tell them to go away. Mm-hmm. And that's all kids need to hear. So it's really easy working with kids. Um, but one of the first parents that I had coming to me about this, she was really concerned about her son because he was seeing a man in his bedroom and she wanted to know what to do and how to handle that. Right. So what happened after you simply said, tell him to go away? What was the result? Well, I talked to her about her feelings about it and the importance of her being as calm as she could be and knowing that she's the parent and she can intervene and she's the head of that household. She can step in and say, if you're not invited in my house, you're not welcome and you need to go. So I really worked to empower her in the process. And then I also talked with her about helping her son to understand his emotions. And so she started talking with him about, well, how do you feel when you see this man? Do you feel good or do you feel icky? And then he said, well, I feel icky. And she said, well, if you feel icky around around someone or something, you walk away or you tell that person to go away. Then I heard back from her a couple of months later, and she said, it's working. And she said, in fact, it's working so well. She was in the bathroom putting on her makeup and her son was in her bedroom playing and all of a sudden she heard him hear, go away. I don't want you here. Oh. She heard him say that. And she she said, she just smiled and she said, you know, he's handling it. He's got this and it's working and there's more peace in the house and it seems too easy, but it's helping. And so right. that was all he needed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And not just a, Say you know, just do this, but to consult her and give her some power in this situation, and to
1: validate him. It sounds
0: like which that's is so important,
1: so important. And she even told me. She said, now that he talked to me openly about this, he knows he can talk to me about anything. Exactly.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, not all kids are mediums. A lot of these spiritually gifted kids are just highly sensitive and they feel everything around them and that Mm -hmm. can be really draining and um, disconcerting because they don't, you know, they're still very young. They don't know how to process these big feelings that they have much less the energies coming, you know, that are showing up externally. So helping those sweet babies to understand how to deal with that too. There's just a lot to it and every child is so unique um, mm, but it's yeah. easy to help these kids right so when you say um,
0: really highly sensitive what like if someone's right now thinking gosh I do sense something and what should I I look for what what is the definition of highly sensitive if you're not talking about people who have passed to the other side.
1: One of the telltale signs is that when a child is really tuned in to other people and the way other people are feeling, um, when they can tell you a lot about a person, Mm -hmm. even after they just met them, when they feel overwhelmed in, really busy places like shopping malls. Right. Um, these these are not traits of a child who isn't highly sensitive. They're not externally tuned in. So right. that's one of the big traits of highly sensitive souls. Right.
0: I know you talk about creating a high vibration environment. Um, actually, not just for these highly sensitive souls, but for all of, you know, for all of us, can you talk a little bit about how that would look to create something like that within your home and life?
1: Sure. It's, it comes down to first clearing out anything that's lower vibrational, like anger, um, depression, things like that. And then filling it back in with love and joy. And you hear a lot about people who will sage their homes to clear out. I really like to talk to people about using rose water to just spritz in every room. And what's really powerful about using items like that is There's an intention behind it. And so if Mm -hmm. you're going through and saging your home, yes, that, that sage does have energetic properties. What's even more powerful than that is you're basically intending that anything that's a lower energy or a lower vibration that you want it gone. And just that intention alone can change an environment And then walking back through the house and spraying rose water, you're intending for love to come back in. And what's so important about keeping our homes and our bodies on a high vibration is it's powerfully protective. And that's really important for spiritually gifted and highly sensitive kids. Surround them with love and joy. Right. Definitely. Darkness just really can't exist there for any length of time. Right. So these highly sensitive kids, do you,
0: you know, other than clearing the energy in the home and we, you and I had talked about crystal bowls and the saging and what about opening up the discussion by maybe, you know, reading certain books or, um, or just sitting down and having a discussion with them. And I'm just thinking how people can comfort kids and let them know it's okay who have these highly sensitive or work with highly sensitive children.
1: When you talk to spiritually gifted children, the most important thing that you can do is to let them know that it's not just them. There are a lot of kids who have um, sensitivities like this. There are a lot of adults who have sensitivities like this. And it's also important. I think sometimes this is more important for parents and caregivers to hear. This isn't the whole of who your child is. Yes. There's so much more to your child. And it doesn't mean that. When they grow up, they'll be a professional medium or a professional healer. It just means they're a really unique, evolved soul, and they're going to do really cool things in the world, just like every child is going to do. And so helping to normalize it a little bit is important for both parents and children, and also helping children process these experiences without fear. And um because it's very confusing for them and it's very confusing for us as adults and whatever you can do to love these children through it so they're not scared to death of it. Yeah, yeah. So what tools do you use so they don't so they're not so fearful? Open communication is the key. And that's hard as a parent because we usually want to try to fix things or or solve what's going on with kids. If we can come from a place of curiosity and just let them talk, just be a sounding board for them and let them tell you what they're seeing or what they're feeling or what they're hearing and ask them if there's anything you can do to help Mm -hmm. and ask them to write a story about what they saw or to draw a picture of it. Or if they like to play with dolls or stuffed animals to you know, it's, it's play. That's what helps children process experiences is through play. And so finding that spot that you can be in where you're coming strictly from a place of curiosity and just letting them communicate with you and allowing them to let it out. And usually that's all they need.
0: Yeah. You know, it makes, it makes me think about, um, Mr. Rogers and puppetry, and I mean, what a a great, I I think, thing for a child to be able to share an experience, but doing it through some role playing with like a puppet or something to be able to talk about it, you know, um, it might make it a little bit easier. I've done some work like that with my children I work with in, in Africa, and it's always so amazing how it brings things out.
1: It really does. It gives them it's almost like it gives them a forum, a safe place to let it all out. And if we can be the adult in their lives that they can talk to about subjects like this, that just sets the stage for when they're teenagers. And that's when we really want them to feel like they can come and talk to us. And it just sets it. It makes a really strong foundation
0: right well i know that you know something that's so important that i've talked to so many people about is to give these children and caregivers tools so that children at a very young age can trust their their inner guidance and their feelings and therefore have more inner strength to be able to navigate the world a little bit easier hopefully
1: Yes, that's one of the best things we can give to young people. And what's really great about parenting or working with spiritually gifted people is these kids are really tuned into their intuition and Mm -hmm. they can provide some amazing insight. So asking them questions of what they need or what they would like, they'll come up with things that will blow your mind. Right just beyond their years. Yeah.
0: So what are the greatest lessons you've learned by working with these children?
1: Probably one of the greatest lessons is it's not that hard. (laughs) 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 And we talked about this a little bit earlier. As adults, we just, oh, we make things so hard. Because when I look at myself after I had my near-death experience, when I had all of these things happening for me. I locked myself in the house for two years. Whereas a little boy who's seeing a man in his bedroom, all I had to do was tell him to tell him to go away. And that was enough. And, And it's a tool that he keeps using. And so that's been one of the most beautiful lessons is that it doesn't have to be that hard
0: yeah you know it's funny it, it reminds me my my very first interview was with carol bowman and talking about children who recalled past lives at a very young age and she said exactly the same thing she said you know it's not we uh, as, as adults we make it very complicated but as children." if you can just validate and tell them that it's not your life anymore and just comfort them. And she's seen, you know, these phobias from this past life just disappear just by having the conversation and also physical manifestations. So it is, if we can start doing this at, at a very young age with children, not only is it hugely helpful to for them to know that they are validated but that you know, it it's all about love, and and we want to
1: you know help one another and love one another, and that's the beauty, I think. It really is. We have a lot more to learn from them, right? Than we may understand. Absolutely. Well, we need to wrap it up. But do you have a few words of wisdom um, that you'd like to share? You've already
0: shared a lot. Or is there anything you'd like to talk about that I didn't ask you about?
1: i think the one thing that i wanted to say to parents or caregivers who are um struggling trying to figure out how to navigate parenting a child with these sensitivities is you know it's not a black or white decision a lot Mm -hmm. of times parents will come to me and they'll say well, I don't know if I want to nurture and expand it, or if I just want to sweep it under the rug and pretend like it's not happening. Right. And so what I really want to say is there are a lot of gray areas in between all of that and talking with your family and figuring out what those areas are that work for you and work for your child and, those things will grow and change and evolve and try to relax into it a little bit because it's, that's so important and know that the gray areas are truly where the peace is and allowing yourself to look more closely at those areas. And um, it's, it's a challenge as parents, but I know that once you start settling into it the challenge won't feel as great because you'll have these tools and you'll be giving your child these tools that they can use carrying forward so they'll be empowered and i just want to say everything everything is going to be okay yeah yeah and and not to mention that i'm
0: sure after you work with with some of the the caregivers or the adults that they feel empowered and they look at their own lives and try to you know be a bit calmer and more loving and and the modeling part of it too um it, it really helps the
1: whole family it does help the whole family and it's important too to know that we all came into this world with yeah. some type of spiritual gifts and so this pertains to everyone and when mm-hmm. you're with a child who's spiritually gifted you tend to look at your own life and you tend to want to tap into some of those innate gifts that may have been covered over by conditioning and life and trauma and all of those other things. Um, so it does, it opens things up in a really beautiful way for families.
0: I think it's also a reminder to just really be present and slow down and, live in the moment and really think about service and who I can help. Because, I mean, don't you agree that really that those spiritual paths open up even more when you can just quiet your mind and, uh, you know, for a child too?
1: A mind quieting practice is so important um, and partnering with your child in that where yeah. even if it's just five minutes of stretching or um, five minutes of walking out in nature. It's important for the adults and for the kids, for all yeah. of us. We all really need that.
0: Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the program today, Jane. And I'm sure there are a lot of listeners that, that would love to, to contact you. So, so how can people reach you?
1: I'm at, my website is safehandshealing.com. And as you touched on at the beginning, um, the theme for this month is understanding and helping spiritually gifted children. And I've got two video teachings. One is a shorter one. One is a masterclass where we really get into this topic. And then I also recorded a, healing meditation, um, an inner child healing meditation for my white light solution program. And it helps us as adults tap into the gifts that we came into the world with and to help you tap into that joy of the inner child and the times when you could just run and leap and be free. And, um, so that meditation is also available. And they're always available, but for this month, that's really what the focus is. Wow!
0: And that's all on your website. It's all on my website. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I, I'd love to hear the the meditation that you're yeah talking about, and the videos. They they all sound fascinating. Well, well, thank you so so much, and um, you have a great day. You are doing such incredible work in an area that I think is is somewhat untouched. And, and just thank you. Thank you for your love of these children and um, just giving, giving something very important to them.
1: Thank you, Marla. And thank you for all that you are doing as well. You've really tapped into an area that is it's just so needed. So I really appreciate your work and everything that you do. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, you have a great day and we
0: will definitely talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com. And on Facebook or Instagram at Interviews with Innocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you.